2: I've been called the songbird of my generation by people who've heard me. That good. On 1080 The Fan.
3: Oh, I haven't heard that open in a long time. It's it's different, right? I heard
1: it for the first time last week and was like, man, it's officially Sports Sunday time.
3: It is. I forgot that we remade it last year, too, with the songbird of my generation. Stop.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the funny thing is, it's absolutely true. I am an incredible singer. Um, I am the karaoke uh, guru, and uh, I stand by that 100%.
3: You do have a very good voice. Now, I've, I've not heard you in a karaoke setting before, but you've you've bro- broken into song and breaks here before, and I've been like, well, damn, Rashad, you got a voice. That's good.
1: Well, you know, I, I, I dabble, Lynch. You know, there's a few <laughs> things. I, I I try to, you know, do my best to be as talented a person as I possibly can. I want to be the Wayne Brady of 1080, the fan. That's, that's eventually the fan, the, the, the goal. So you want to do it all? Is that kind of what what I you're alluding to? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, I've been telling you guys, I want to learn how to do the board. Like, I'm I'm always jealous of you guys being able to know how to touch every button and get it going the right way. Like, it's
3: such a it's such a, a glamorous job. Let me tell I'm you. telling you,
1: I'm going to learn how to do it, and then I'm going to I'm, I'm going to be like the entertainment guru of the fan. I promise.
3: Hey, anybody help fill in producing? That's great.
1: I mean, I'll, I'll do it. I'll get some extra coin. Why not? And then learn how to do that. That's, a, that's Well, what we have you a sh- talked to the boss? yet? you've been saying this for months. I have talked to the boss, and I guess it's just a matter of swag, you know, saying, okay. Yeah, you. that'll never happen. And that's when I'm kind of like, yeah, that's probably. You got to push the you're, issue you're, on that. You're, you're, you're so buried on the priority list right there that that's never happening. I got to show up for swag. You know what I'm saying? I just got to just pile up like, hey, here to learn. And, you know, I'm pretty sure at that point he'll he'll go ahead and take me under his his wing. Mm. Incredibly hairy wing. <laughs> yeah. Swag, I don't. It's, it's, it's- it's swag. Well, actually, swag is a, probably a manscaper. I feel he, he he strikes me as someone that keeps the the beard or like the. I'm not sure what he has now. Probably a, a, a mustache. What what is kind of facial hair? Swag rocking, or is he rocking?
3: Anything? I think he shaves it for the basketball season because he stays fairly clean. Because by right. play. He by does, play.
1: does pilots, but you know he's very. You know he's probably the most open person with his with his hairdos and the, some of the things that he does. I, I like it. I wish
3: I could do it. Um okay so we we are in sports Sunday mode now and it's interesting because I was driving in today trying to think about what to talk about and I was like I don't have to just talk about football that's no, really nice. No. Uh, I heard last week this uh, this came via Jesse a texter in the middle of the week that uh, he gave you a hate it or love it about Ducks basketball and you just didn't get any points. It's
1: like uh sure paid Pritchard <laughs> plays for them like awesome. Are, are you can. you know what I'll be honest you would have had more luck if you asked me about the girls team. I'll be perfectly honest if you asked no. me about the Ducks women's team you would have had a, a lot more response from me I, I, for whatever
3: reason. I know much more about them right now. Well, they're they're a bigger deal right now. They're they're they have the most. They have the best known player in college basketball. Yes. Men and women. Yes. Sabrina Ionescu.
1: And and that's why really it's no, easy.
3: There's not a lot of stars in college basketball right now. Uh, she is the biggest star in college basketball. Indeed, she is. So I just thought that was funny. But I was I was driving in today and I was thinking about what to talk about and. Uh, a I heard it in Jesse's update and I'm curious Rashad because I know you're not a baseball guy but this is this is kind of outside of the realm of baseball is the sign stealing stuff and the Astros came out on Thursday with their united front apology sort of so I want to get to that because a I'm baseball guy and I'm passionate about it but I'm curious what Rashad thinks about how the Astros handled it and what the punishments were and all that kind of stuff so we'll get to that today at some point uh, we are in the middle of the all-star break we had a dunk contest controversy yesterday and um also saw some really cool dunks from Derrick Jones and Aaron Gordon. So
1: arguably the best dunk contest we've seen since
0: '99.
3: Well, I mean, maybe you could probably go back to Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine for four years ago. That was really good too. But yeah, it was really good. Uh, I want to talk a little XFL. Surprisingly, or not? Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! You want to talk some what? I Jesse, do. did you hear that? You know why? Did oh, you yeah,
0: hear that? I'm like, yeah. Do you know why? Do this.
3: Why? I didn't intentionally watch it. I was at a friend's house last Saturday. He had it on the TV and I went, okay, well, you it's your place. You can have it on the TV. And I watched it. And then I was at the gym yesterday and it was on the TV and I wasn't like watching, watching it, but I just was kept flicking my eyes over to it and kind of keeping an eye on it
2: because
3: mm-hmm. it was live sports. And, um, I want to, I wanted to dissect through two weeks what people think about it because it's in some ways, better than any of the other small, stupid side leagues we've had before, but it's still a stupid side league that has a bunch of issues. So I want to I get to that at some point in the show as well. Um, so XFL, Astros, dunk contest. We'll probably talk some Blazers too because... uh we have to? Well, yeah, we should. It's like it's Because I wasn't here last week. Causes depression. To talk I about haven't talked dudes. about the Blazers on this show for half a year. And Damian Lillard's hurt. Didn't get to go to the do the three-point contest yesterday. Fine, Rapped. whatever. It's okay. He, he did rap. Yes, no, he did.
2: You don't, need your, you don't
3: need your groin to use your vocal cords. No. That's good. Thank God, by the way. Um, but uh, so, but he's hurt, out for a week to week to two weeks, maybe. You know, the Blazers come come off two really bad losses to the teams they needed to beat, and the Pelicans and the Grizzlies, and all of the good feelings of Dane's hot streak are gone. So Blazer fans, where do you sit? We'll get to that at some point in the show today as well. The better nope. the fan text line is five, five, three, zero, five. That's how you can reach us. You can also reach us on social media. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Rashad's at TaylorMade five Oh three. And Jesse is at Jesse Osman a S Z M a N. The weirdest part about this time of year is not knowing what the hell to watch. That's the, that's the weirdest thing is college basketball's in full swing right now. Um, The XFL is on on the weekends. Spring training starts next week. So, or I mean, the actual game starts. So baseball will be back. But there's not a, this is one of the worst times to watch sports, in my opinion. I know people say the middle of summer, but because I'm a baseball guy, I love baseball. So I'll watch it anyway. But you're out of the every Sunday, Saturday football trend. You're looking for something to do. The NBA is now in the all-star break. It's like, what do you do? What, what do you do in this in this like two week span where there's not not a lot going on?
1: Well, that's the great thing about having a professional basketball team in your state. You know, during this during that awkward time between football and really football starting again, I guess. Uh, at least you have the Blazers. But if you're in Portland, the Blazers suck. So it's like uh, do you watch the games. It's entertaining. You go to the games. It's still the biggest party of the the night of the day, whatever, you know, whatever the case is. But yeah, that's that's pretty much what we do. And really, if the Blazers are good, then there's no problem, you know. And I think we're in that we're at that space now to where they're not a good team, or they're they're not a they're not a good team this year. You know, I'll say that. I think with all the injuries and stuff, there's reasons for them not being as good. But because they're not, it's just like, huh? Well, you know, they're headed for the lottery. Let's just go ahead and say that you're headed for the lottery. Hmm. So maybe there's not a lot or you're no,
3: headed for that dread dreaded, like 15th pick just outside, Yeah, the you know,
1: just like that 14th, 15th. Hopefully that's not the case for them, but I think that's kind of what it is right now. We know that there's not going to be a lot of talk about the Blazers in, uh, in March and April. So I think that's the, the big thing now to where it's like, Oh, well, I guess sports is over for the year.
3: So it's just that, that question then of, I think it helps show you as a person, how much of a sports fanatic you are versus just how much you enjoy watching sports. Because for me, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll start some shows, right? There's there's some shows that I was told to watch. And, you know, I started, uh, for me, I started The Expanse, which is a sci-fi show on sci-fi and Amazon uh, based on some books that I've read. Um, You know, I'm assuming you're allowed to say it because it's the name of a show, but I'm going to be very careful, S Creek on Mm -hmm. on, uh, Netflix. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, so I'm not going to, but I watched the first few episodes of that. That was really funny. Uh, I also started Letter Kenny, which was pretty funny. So there's some shows that I've been able to watch, and for me, it's like, hey, I don't really need the sports to be on. But I think for some people, maybe Jesse, you might be one of these people because I know you've been watching the XFL. The sports have to be there, right? Like you, you need those sports on, on the weekend.
0: Yeah, I can find a balance. I I honestly forgot about the XFL yesterday, so I kind <laughs> of fell fell into some stuff. But I, well, I poked my head back into it when I when I got back to my friends yesterday, and, and then it was like, oh yeah, I know what I'm probably going to try to do tomorrow, because I typically try to just kind of relax on Sunday afternoon, so I'll probably at least watch one of the games this afternoon.
1: Well, my big thing is, like, I, I love sports. I think we all, obviously, all of us here love sports. I, I love TV, too. That's my big thing, is like, I'm in the shows and yes. everything else that has nothing to do with sports, so, you know, that it, dog days of summer, yeah, it's it sucks, you know, not having the sports you really want to watch, but... Hell, number one, summer I'm out. Um, especially if it's nice during the during the day or during that weekend, I'm not sitting at the house no way watching sports. But man, on those days, that Saturday that lazy Sunday when I'm not doing anything, I can I, the oh the office is on for like seven hours. I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll watch that again or you know watch The Watchmen or something like that. Like I think there's a ton of things on TV. I think right now if you're a consumer of like any type of entertainment between. Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus and everything like that—you can find some way to kind of pass the time. Except there's too many
3: subscription services now.
1: There, there are, but I mean, too many. I think that's that's our cool. matey. Yeah,
3: it's Hi, the pirating era is of back.
0: Sharing passwords.
3: Yeah, that's true. Absolutely, that's true. <laughs> Absolutely. You have one subscription and then you share the other subscriptions. Hey man,
1: yes, you am saying? Hey, you you got the Hulu, I got the Disney Plus, you got the net. We'll just man, give me. You get my passwords. I got y'all's man. There we go. It works out. Although
3: apparently all of those sites are trying to figure out ways to crack down on that. I don't know how that would work, but uh, you know maybe they track IP addresses or something. They messed
1: but it up when they let you put it on multiple devices. When they said you can put it on your phone, your computer, your what? Okay, nobody's going to
0: buy the service if you don't do that. Though. Yeah, that's no, it's the a thing. Wrap. Like, and and if you close that box, people are going to be like, well, ne- never mind. I don't I don't want that service anymore. So. That's the problem is you've opened that box. If you start taking things away, there's so many other services people just go to that one instead. Yeah, or you just have to have ridiculous programming because that that's the one thing about Netflix. Everybody had Netflix, right? Had to have Netflix because they were the first. They had the most streaming content. They were they were the kind of the, the ones to really pioneer as far as streaming streaming services making high quality TV and movies. But then they started mass producing those qualities gone what, down. And that's
1: what that's what happened. But Hulu
0: starts doing it, Amazon or, starts doing it, all these other streaming starts doing it. Now the competition's there. And if you start taking away from these people, they'll just go, all right, I'll just use my primer, I'll just use my well Hulu na- name or,
1: a or name a network or something that doesn't stream at this point. You exactly. know, M T V has a streaming service now. CBS, Obviously, CBS NBC, has one, NBC, Fox. ESPN, yeah. you know, BET has a streaming service where Tyler Perry has 50 million shows that he that he writes or whatever that I don't watch. But it's just one of those things, man. Like everyone has one. They're kind of starting to corner the market as far as cable, but I think it's only going to last so long. Cable's gonna be around
3: forever. Remember though, Netflix started as the the, the modern DVD. the modernized blockbuster because Blockbuster and Planet Hollywood were dying. And no one wanted to go to the store. You just wanted to get the DVD sent to you. So they became the DVD rental service. And by the way, I still don't understand how Redbox survives, considering all the options that people have out there. But Redbox is still out there I'll, somehow. I'll,
1: I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I know, because, too. Because I don't know about you, Lynch, because you might be a little too young, and I don't know how much time you might have spent a Blockbuster or Hollywood video growing up. But oh, I a, did. I,
3: I had to spend a lot know, of time then blockbuster. on Blockbuster. And on a
1: Friday night, a Saturday night, that was a kid. That was Discovery Zone. That might as well have been the same thing as that place. Man, you go in there, you can get, your, get some snacks. A little overpriced, but whatever. But you could, spend, I would spend an hour in there just looking for a movie, yeah. reading the backs and all type of stuff, and then opening there's, it and seeing. Oh, there's man, still the something about like man, just the <laughs> convenience of being at the store and being like, oh, let me see what's out, you know. And it's a dollar fifty or whatever. It costs five dollars on pay per view. It costs seven dollars to get a Netflix if you don't have one, if you don't have internet. I see. it's just Is it easy, that cheap? I've never used Redbox. It, no, yeah. it's just it's it's like a dollar fifty, and for mm. like a dollar seventy five for the Blu-ray or something like that. So you're you're not really missing a whole bunch. And then take what you want. Take it back the next day after like five days. I think you keep it, I think you own it or something like that. If you don't turn it back in, so wait, what? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, there are a lot of people that get the Netflix or yeah, get the uh, excuse me, Redbox thing and don't take it back. Then like, what happens? It's, it's your movie now, but they stop charging you at a point. But yeah, I think that after like 12 dollars, they stop charging 13. That's very like that.
3: strange to me, yeah. Um, okay, <laughs> anyway, but uh, but yeah, that's where Netflix started. And then they did that weird thing where they tried to split into two services and they tried to make Netflix the streaming service and they, I forget the name of it now, but they, they kept the DVD service, but they changed the name of it. And then everyone blasted them for it. So they canceled that pretty quickly. And then they just became the streaming service and Hey, they're a juggernaut now, but you're right. Amazon prime's catching up. Hulu's catching up. Disney plus exists. The Mandalorian apparently is really good. Awesome. Um, So, you know. They're catching up, and the problem is is as long as the content's good on all of them, you're going to want all of them. Absolutely. And then you're going to be paying as much as you did for cable when you pulled the plug. <laughs> hey,
1: so I just go ahead and, and stick that's with cable. And
3: that's where the R matey comes from.
1: Stick with cable R. and go ahead and try to Google and pirate it somewhere.
3: Uh, all right, let's get into some uh, hot sports talk. Coming up next, let's get into what happened yesterday. That was the dunk contest. Controversy abound, and the guilty party looks like he may be Dwayne Wade. The reason why Aaron Gordon loses yet another Dunk Contest. That's next here on Sports Sunday on the Fan.
2: Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan.
3: 920 Sports Sunday. Mike Rashad Jesse with you till eleven o'clock today. XFL Blazers Astros hated to love it coming up on the show, but we have some controversy from the slam dunk contest yesterday. The final two Aaron Gordon, Derek Jones jr. Put on quite a show. I did not watch it live, but I did watch all the, uh, the clips and the replays of it that were, that were going through on Twitter last night. And I thought the dunk contest had kind of died the last few years. I thought the dunks had gotten less creative I thought that they had just kind of, it was just kind of a, a thing for guys who were like marginally interesting in the NBA to go do a dunk contest. And yesterday saved it for me in terms of, oh, okay, it's not just that. I mean, you had reverse windmill through the leg dunks off the side of the backboard, 360 one-handed under over dunks. You know, you had Aaron Gordon jumping over taco fall, six or seven foot six dude. Um, you had, you had, Derek Jones kind of emulating the Michael Jordan dunk a little bit with the, the foul line dunk, uh, with the, the spinning from like one foot inside the foul line. Um, it was really cool and it was really good dunks and it was really high energy. And you could tell they were having a lot of fun. You could tell the crowds were into it and they were going, they went into a dunk off. There was one point, Aaron Gordon had five straight fifties. Everyone gave him tens. Um, they went into a dunk off and on the final dunk, where Derek Jones's was good, but not great. And Aaron Gordon's was really good. Uh, Jones got 47 and Gordon got 46 and you go, and everyone was shocked by that, right? You're like, really? Aaron Gordon's losing this again? Cause he lost a couple years ago. And then the reports come out that the judges said they were planning on making it a tie so that they would both win or that there would be another round of the dunk off. So then that means someone messed up or someone intentionally changed the vote. And that's where the video from Wob comes in. Worldwide Wob, I forget. I know his name, but I forget his. Oh, Rob Perez. That's his name. He's a big NBA Twitter guy. If you don't follow him, he's a really fun follow. If you like the NBA, he did his deep dive into it. And Dwayne Wade looks guilty as hell after that last score. Who does Derek Jones play for? The Heat. So Dwayne Wade, of course, has a relationship with him because of that. I think he intentionally sabotaged the planned tie to let Derek Jones win. And um, it is, it, it's is—it's the stupidest controversy ever because it doesn't really matter in the end. But it's weird to me that we got to this point anyway in the dunk contest because for years I thought it was dead. So it's, I, it's cool. It's cool that it's being talked about. There's buzz.
1: Well, you know, All-Star Saturday night was always one of my favorite, you know, events as a kid. You know, it's a kid growing up, especially in Portland where basketball is huge, right? You know, this was a pretty big event. I used to have like weekend parties and stuff for the all-star game and stuff like that and cook a big meal, all type of, all type of jazz like that. So I always looked forward to uh, all-star Saturday night. And as I've gotten kind of older, it's been like, ah, I don't really care as much again. You're right. The the three point contest is, for me has always been kind of, or has started to become more of the highlight, you know, because that's where the game has kind of moved to. So the three point contest has become more of a, more of a star studded event. And then usually in the, in the dunk contest, it's like, man, who, the guy from who? Like, you know, outside of a few years where there was a, initially when the dunk contest started, it was stars, Dominique and Jordan and Drexler was in the dunk contest, you know, at a point, and then you move on to then it got it went to a lull for a minute, and then you move on to Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady and Steve Francis that year, Jason Richardson and some other dudes, and then it just got real like regular, you know, the props came out, people are jumping over stuff and. Blake Griffin jumps over a car. It's like, oh, okay. This is this is, I still thought that was okay. Is, I just thought it was like, okay, this is this is boring because then it became like you have to have a prop and you have to jump over people. It that became said, less
3: about the pure dunk.
1: That know? said, last night <laughs> Aaron Gordon jumped over seven foot six taco fall and did and mind you, did it really easy, you know, at, at a point. And to just, be
3: fair, he did kind of like Hit him in the back of the head with his well, nuts. Well, Taco,
1: yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you're, there's going to be some grazing there sometime, you know. And, it's more than a graze. And and I, and I, was a, that was a, that I think, was a punch. And I think that's what happened. Talk, I'm sure Taco doesn't, you know, he didn't didn't realize it. You know, it probably just happened real fast. Hopefully, he didn't realize it. But Aaron Gordon does this amazing dunk over seven foot six Taco Fall, and he doesn't get you know the fifty. And you got guys that are jumping over, you know, five foot ten, and 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 somebody jumped over Giannis. Connaughton jumped over Giannis, but Man, Aaron Gordon continues to get robbed in this dunk contest. It feels like every year he does something incredibly amazing, and then really, like, there's like, oh well, we're gonna give it to someone else. Victor Oladipo is gonna win this year. It's like, what? I'm like, okay, so I'm not mad at him for saying he doesn't want to compete. D Wade, to his credit, wasn't the only person that gave him a nine. Right. To D Wade's credit, like, just if we're just being real, but
3: the plan was three tens and two nines. That was the plan. Apparently, according to the reports that we're hearing. Hmm. And if you watch the video and you should watch it in the break is, is well, maybe not in the break because it's a long video, but it's like a five-minute breakdown of what happened. The second they all see the score, they all look at Wade. Common looks at Wade. Scottie Pippen looks at Wade. And then you can't really see Candace Parker and um, um, Black Panther. I forget. Oh, B- Chad Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. You can't really see them because they're lower on the, on the shot, but they all look at him and he's taking his earpiece out like he knew it was over. And it's he's the guilty one. He's the one who did it. It's clear as day.
1: Well, well, controversy. Yeah, I I suppose, but I mean, and again, controversy during the dunk contest. Eh, it's stupid. You
3: want. But it shows that it matters a little bit, which is cool. That means that the dunk contest has come back into being an important thing.
1: Yeah, I know. It's uh, it's still the highlight of the Saturday night. Like while I love the three point contest, and I think that should be what ends the night because I think you're more. It's there's more drama there. You know, unless you're getting guys like Aaron Gordon who says he's not doing the dunk contest every year. Derrick Jones Jr. was awesome from the dunks that i saw that he did man they he he was awesome so uh hopefully he comes back and does it but yeah i think the thing's gonna change it the stars have to come out like aaron gordon's a good player but he's not a star you know what i mean like uh derrick dunn jr is not a star you know not yet at least so there's some guys dwight howard is the only one of those dunkers that can be could be considered could have been considered not anymore but that was seven eight years ago you know so it's been a long time so until you know the 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 All-Stars, those guys decide, okay. Because the year that Vince and T-Mac, and them, those were All-Stars, you know. To, uh, let them go out there and do that. Well, T-Mac wasn't at that point because he still played for uh, Toronto. But everybody else went on to become these, these great players. And I just think if, if you started getting those, man, great in-game dunkers back in the, in the All-Star, or excuse me, in the dunk contest, you're going to see more and more views. But I think people like me now are at the points where we're like, I just don't, I don't really care that much.
3: Uh, bam out of bio won the skills <laughs> competition. Amen. Hey, man big man winning the skills competition all right and then uh buddy healed won the three-point contest over dame's replacement devin booker so uh i saw again i didn't watch any of it live i just watched the highlights but
1: i'll say say this you know devin booker is my guy i'm a big devin booker fan you know just in in a lot of different ways um i'm glad he's competing in the all-star game for taking over for dame a lot of people feel like he probably should have been you know voted in by the coaches anyway and
3: Lillard you know said he's the guy he's the most deserving and they put him in absolutely
1: so uh but (laughs) Bam Adebayo man I understand most people haven't really seen him play because who people in Miami don't watch Miami play basketball so if you haven't seen this dude play he's real he's the best player he's I mean well Jimmy Jimmy, Jimmy Buckets and him but he's He's not far off because he's still a really young. I think, what, this is Bam's, what, third, second or third year? I think so, yeah. So. Uh, don't just, forget Myers Leonard, though. Oh, my gosh. Myers Leonard, who's supposed to be average 15 to 10, according to Cam. According to Cam. I don't think that's going to happen, though, Cam. I'll just be honest with you. No, but I
3: think that's well past that but point. But
1: Bam is a, is a big that's not a big. He can dribble, he can drive. Uh, he's a great passer for as for as long as he is. Like, he's going to be a problem. If my, Miami, I think Miami is. We're, we're talking a lot about. Milwaukee, and rightfully so, hey, man, and Miami plays defense. They, that's, that's a problem. And, and they got a hell of a coach that we, that we don't ever talk about as far as being one of the best in the world, Eric Spoelstra. Miami's going to be a problem.
3: Coming up next, let's dive into the Blazers a little bit, keep the NBA train rolling. The Blazers in the All-Star break are now five games back in the lost column of the Grizzlies. A couple of bad losses in a row to the Pelicans and the Grizz where they just did not show up beyond one quarter in each game. It's just... It just feels like they're stuck and there's still a little bit a little bit of time to decide which way to go. We'll discuss next. first, Jesse Sports.
2: Weekend Sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9.33 here on
3: your Sunday morning. MicroShot Jesse with you. Get a little Blazer talk in here before we dive into Astros XFL and hate it or love it. Blazers falling in back-to-back games on the road to the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. Both games were quite ugly losses. Lost to the t- lost to two rookies. Yes. Uh, first of all, John Moran is the real deal. John Moran is cold. John Moran is cold. There's, there's
1: nothing we can say about that.
3: But and Zion also is the real deal. Zion might have murdered Hassan Whiteside's hopes and dreams in that one game. Um, so they lose those two games. They were not pretty games. Blazers played really well in the first quarter against the Pelicans and then just S the bed. And then the Grizzlies game was kind of just meh the entire way through. And then Lillard got hurt at the very end with the groin injury. So right now the Blazers are four games out of the playoffs. They are five games back in the loss column. Um, but they're also three games back from being the third worst team in the West. Now that doesn't mean high draft pick necessarily. The East has a lot of teams that are bad as per usual. Um, so let's say, let's say the Blazers do go down to that spot, which is currently held by the Kings, right? worse teams than them would still be the wizards, bulls, Hornets, Pistons, Knicks, Hawks, T Wolves, and Warriors. So they, they would still be in more of like the top 10, not top five range. But of course, with the new lottery rules, you don't really know don't what's going to happen. You could get a little bit lucky. Um, or again, you're four games out of the playoffs. You get hot. They tend to get hot at this time of the year after the all-star break. This is usually the Blazers time to shine. Maybe you get Nurk back. Maybe you get Collins back and you start to play a little bit better. You got more depth in the front court and you try to make a push for the playoffs. Obviously the the entire time of these last few months especially when they were playing well with Damian Lillard playing as well as he was is they were pushing for the playoffs right they kept saying that they kept saying that and they were getting closer and they were two games out of the eighth spot and it was like oh I mean you could you could make the playoffs mm-hmm. yeah you'd probably get slaughtered by the Lakers but you could make the playoffs oh you will um but if that's your goal okay I, I don't agree with it but fine go for it right but now you're stuck again because now after that really hot streak where you did all those those good things you lost to two teams that were around you in the playoff positioning or not even around you in the middle of the West in really ugly fashion. And all the old problems came back and Lillard wasn't nuclear hot. So he didn't save you from all your old problems. You had a game where Carmelo Anthony shot one for 15 from the floor. You had a game where at halftime, Hassan Whiteside had zero points and two rebounds. I mean, you were playing as bad as you had played prior to the hot streak with Damian Lillard. And to me, that was the wake-up call of saying, okay, this is who the Blazers are. There's only so much Lillard can do. They beat some good teams. They, they played some good games. Lillard was nuclear hot. Whiteside was playing well. The team was playing well together. It was all, Everyone was hot at the same time. But this is actually who you are. You're, you're probably not the team that loses by 30 of the Pelicans every night, but you're more somewhere in the middle of that. And to me, that means you're stuck in no man's land. And to me, when you're stuck in no man's land, the only good option is to go down. Because you're not going to go up, make the playoffs, and lose. That's not going to give you any benefit at all. If you go down, you're going to get a higher draft pick, and you're going to get a chance. And I know fans are are, are so sick of hearing about the tanking stuff. And even I kind of went, I backed off of it when they were playing well because it was fun. They were fun to watch again,
1: right? Yeah.
3: But we're at the point now, how much time is left in the season? What, like 20 games? Yeah, somewhere around there, 30 games. 23 games? Yeah. You have a decision to make right now, and that's especially because Lillard got hurt. Do you just say, look, let's see how high of a pick we can get? Or do you keep fighting for that eight seed to get slaughtered by the Lakers in the first round?
1: Um, I I think they need to take an approach similar to what the Warriors are taking. And we kind of talked about this last week when you were out. Um, People are looking at this as a a tank job for the Warriors. The simple truth is they don't have the personnel in place to get them to where they need to be. And then they're they are they're protecting their players. There's no reason for Steph to rush, rush himself back and for what? To possibly get the a seed and be knocked out in four games like the Blazers are trying to do? Damian Lillard has, just be real, he's hes overextended himself. I think going on the runs that he's had to go on, being the leading scorer, I think I counted out of the – I'll count again. I don't, I don't want to mess up that math, so I'll do it later – but Dame has been the leading scorer of every Blazers game with the exception of like maybe six or seven games this season. So every single game he has to be the guy that leads the team and not just scoring, but then assist, uh, without him being there now, you don't, you have a big hole, even as good as CJ is, you have a huge, huge, huge hole there. So what's next? Like you possibly overextend CJ and then he gets hurt. And, you know, CJ, doesn't have a history of being banged up, you know, yeah, or does. anything like that. Well, I mean, at yeah, the, 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 at at the career, beginning of his yeah, that, that towards the beginning of the of his of his career, you know, but really since then, CJ doesn't really miss a whole lot of games. Like he missed some games towards it was the beginning of last year, you know, with a yeah. leg or something like that, and then he was able to come back. But for the most part, like we don't see him miss multiple games, multiple times a season, and stuff like that. I and mean,
3: there's a whole side conversation about CJ too, because where is he? I mean the problem is, is you're you're about to pay lillard 40 million a year but you're about to pay cj 28 30 million a year right when that that extension kicks in and what have you done or what has he done to prove to you that he can improve beyond his scoring he's an amazing scorer he's one of the best scorers in the nba in terms of being able to score from anywhere on the floor right that's his that's his thing but damian lillard every single offseason comes back with a new thing right whether it's better defense or better finishing at the rim or deeper threes or you know this year he kind of added in the little fadeaway mid-range jump shot from the from the the right and left side of the key. Uh, he adds things into his game every year that makes him that much better. What does CJ add? It doesn't appear as if he adds anything. It appears as if he's now especially that he got paid. He added some money. Oh, exactly, exactly. Now that he got paid, he's added he's added his confidence in being able to do what he's done, right? Which is be a great scorer. But he's an awful defender. He doesn't help with the passing game that much. He's not good at getting to the lane and scoring. Um, he doesn't do those little things. He is a he is a black hole of good offense. But when he's missing, it makes it that much worse. Now, on the flip side, you could say, hey, he won you the Denver Nuggets series, too, last year, right? Blazers don't win that series if CJ doesn't do what he does in game seven. He was incredible. And that's great. And it's good to have a player like that. But if he's going to be your second star, you need him to give more.
0: Well, it, it, he's... It's the difference between somebody who's really good, verge of being like all-star caliber, because I think all-star caliber is not necessarily a star in the league, right? Because you can make the all-star team and still be a really good player not necessarily be a star. And I think he's like that guy that's like that tweener right on that level. But you have a guy right next to him who's special, extremely special, one of the best in the league, possibly the best at his position, and Damian Lillard. And what makes him special is... Not just that he's able to come in and get you buckets. It's that he's been able to come in every single season and identify a deficit in the offseason in his game and improve that deficit. And what do we talk about like three, four years ago with Damian Lillard? Oh my God, that defense, man. He's a really good player. But boy, that defense, what are we saying about him now? None of that.
1: None of that because he's He's not a
3: good defender, but he's at least... He's Average. trying he, because
1: defense is one of those things. It's it's energy and effort. That's more, more than anything. It's not, you know, scheme. It's not. No, no it's being able to not give up on, on on the other end and not to be lazy. That's the main thing defense is. And for me, CJ kind of goes into that. He's almost an old school NBA play. When I say old school, I mean just a few years ago to where man. It, it, he's he's like, a, like, a, like you said, a black hole. The one person we used to say about this is, is mellow dribble, 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 shoot. You know, that's pretty much what C.J. has become at this point. My, my big gripe with C.J. has always been, while he's one of the most talented offensive players in the league, you know, he's a top 20 scorer in the league. That means – Maybe you know, even better than that. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? I mean in I mean, terms of his, his moves. Stats say, his stats yeah. say he's a top 20 scorer in the league, but his moves, possibly a top 12, 13, you know, scorer in this league. But outside of that, he doesn't give you any assists. He doesn't give you any steals. He doesn't give you any rebounds. He doesn't give you any defensive – Uh, uh, intensity or or he doesn't he doesn't really give you much except for offensive production and when that offensive production isn't there it's like okay then well now what bro like what what exactly do you give me at least with dame he's been the leading um assist guy for the blazers so if he's not going to be able to score which he has been I'm gonna get seven and a half, eight assists. Sometimes 10, 11 assists. You also know he's gonna get to the
3: foul line, which C.J. does not.
1: And it's just kind of one of those things, man. So we've been having, I've been having this argument with my guys about, man, who would you rather have, C.J. Or Devin Booker? And my answer is easy, Devin Booker. I, I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even flinch at that. I Although I
3: do think Devin Booker is more in the light of C.J. than in Dame in terms of he is a pure scorer who doesn't give you that much more.
1: However, he's also a guy that gives you six assists. He's also a guy that's going to give you five rebounds. Like I'm good with that. All, my whole thing, see, I've always said, man, if you gave you gave the Blazers a dude that's going to give you 17, six and six a night, and I know for a fact you're going to give me 17, six and six, man, I'll take that. I'll take that. That means, man, that's that's great production. Or eight. I, I will. That's the one thing the Blazers don't have is somebody that's a solid player. Trevor Ariza, you have him. Trevor Ariza ten years ago would have been the perfect guy. Yeah. He's not that dude no more. He's a good player, but he's not that dude. Let's uh, read a couple
3: of texts on the fan text line five five three zero five. Send them in there. Next segment and some final thoughts on the Blazers before we move on to our number two. This is Sports Sunday on the Fan.
2: Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 946 Sunday morning. Microshot
3: Jesse with you here on sports Sunday, wrapping up some blazers talk before hour number two, a couple of texts that came in on the fan text line, five, five, three, zero five. So by tanking, you mean resting Damon, CJ, because we already lose all our games now. Bingo. Uh, Yeah, I do. And a, you don't lose all your games. Now that's the problem is you were winning games against good teams that put you back into the potential playoff hunt. But yeah, uh, if this is, this is a groin injury, which is usually pretty serious for basketball players who are very explosive and, and you might think you're better and then you make one explosive move and then bam, your groin hurts again. And then you're, and then you're S head of S out of luck. Um, yeah. Rest team, rest CJ, let the young guys develop a little bit more. Simon's was supposed to be a big deal this year. He's not been super great, but let him get some more time out there. Gary Trent's proven to be a good shooter so far, at least uh, this last month. He seems to be, he seems to be gaining a consistency a little bit. You know, when little comes back from his ankle injury, give him more time. Just let the young guys play. You're not going to win, but you'll give those guys a chance. You'll rest your star players so they don't have as many minutes on their bodies. And you know, next year, this has always been my my take. Next year, you have Dame, CJ, Rodney Hood back at some point, Collins, Nurk, and then your starting team is good again. And then you then you make decisions outside of that. You also have a high draft pick. Uh, I wish they had traded Whiteside because they could have gotten something for him. But I understand that at the point that was frankly impossible because you didn't have any bigs um but you make moves outside of that to try to make that team better again because right now as much as this team wasn't built in the best way you know all moves this offseason backfired you still have a good core and the injuries did have a big role to play
1: man listen the golden state warriors are going to be set up to be just as dominant next year as they've been in the past without Kevin Durant, mind you, the Warriors won 73 games with the guys that they have, the stars they have, before Kevin Durant got there. They put Kevin Durant out of the playoffs. So they know how to win games. But then you go ahead and you add an Andrew Wiggins this year and you add someone like Jordan Poole who's been playing really well for them and Damian Lee like you got Andrew these,
3: Wiggins is such a non Andrew Wiggins is Andrew Wiggins
1: so it's okay but you have a a bevy and Andrew Wiggins is only 24 that's the thing we keep forgetting he, we think he's 27 28 Andrew Wiggins is 24 so he's not to say he can still grow into an all-star but we've seen guys 28 29 make their first all-star game so it's not impossible that he has a, a good season somewhere especially with his skill set playing in a place like Golden State or Golden State he's uh, equivalent to a Harrison Barnes you know he's right around that Harrison Barnes was a good player for them. But you've got all this young talent that's getting to play significant minutes right now. Marquise Chris and some of those other other guys that are getting in the game and playing significant minutes right now. So when you get Steph back and you get Clay back and you get Draymond averaging more than a triple single as Barkley – uh, said, then all of a sudden, man, you've got your your core veterans. And you go get Giannis because that's what they're going to try to yeah, do. Yeah, they're going to try to do that. And if they get Giannis, man, I'm officially taking a knee on the NBA. I'm, <laughs> I'm cool, bro, if they go and get Giannis. And Giannis, that's Steph, Clay. I, I don't think I don't think Giannis would do that, but, you know, it, it wouldn't shock me, you know what I'm saying, if you did that. So if the Blazers took a similar approach you know, and just said, man, we're just going to give these young guys an opportunity to to grow, and and for a lot of these young guys, an opportunity to go get themselves some money because without playing, no nobody really knows what you're able to do. Put yourself out there, give yourself an opportunity to get a good pick in the draft. I'm with you. The 13th, 14th, 15th pick of the draft doesn't help the Blazers right now. I, I, to be honest, after pick number six this year, I'm, I'm I'm struggling to find who the stars are for college. You know, like I said, I can think of Sabrina. Uh, from U of O. That's the only star of college basketball that I for sure know right now. Sabrina, so the Basketball Witch. Yeah, that's <laughs> I like it. That's not actually uh, Lamelo Ball.
0: Well, what's frustrating is, is like, all right, all right, blazer fan, you you understand? Blazers really want to win. They've always really, really wanted to win, and that's almost kind of part of their problem because in years like this year, where okay, you're you're a question mark. You you have an opportunity to make that eighth seed and get ran out of the first round of the, the playoffs or be like a, a, you know, get that 13th, 14th pick. And it always just ends up being a wash, like not improving. You're probably not getting the worst player in the world, but nothing that's going to help you get over the top. And I think Blazer fans just like, we know you want to win, but we understand how you win and you need players to win. Yeah. And, and what Portland never gets the free agent, right? You get the old free agent you get the old Trevor Ariza, the old Melo, right, but you don't get the young guy. And to get the young guy, you have to get him in the draft. Yep. So you got to embrace the suck. Mm-hmm. You just
1: have to. It's one of those things, man. And right now, you're in a position to where you're you're clearly – you just got waxed by the two guys that are going to be competing for Rookie of the Year. You're, you're, you're not in a space to where you're you're ready to go into the playoffs and make a deep run this year. Like last year, last year was a magic run that the Blazers had. Can we agree to that? Agree of course. Last year was a magical it run. Was great. We, we've I've since 2000, you know what I'm saying? I've never seen the team obviously get there, but I've never seen them play that hard in the playoffs to be able. There's never been an excitement around the city since then, you know? And so that was an awesome thing to see. You lost a lot of key players from that team. Like all of a sudden you see how important Seth was to your team. You see how important cancer was to that playoff run that you had last year. You see how important somebody like Rodney Hood end up being for your squad. Now that those guys aren't there and can't give you production because Rodney's hurt, you don't you don't look the same.
3: I also think and this is something this is more to Rob's credit cuz he brought this up this week. I think you're finding out that a lot of guys in the NBA are empty stats and nothing else and that the Blazers were very fortunate as much as we hated them at times to have guys like Aminu and Harkless because they did the little things that guys like Melo and Asan Whiteside don't do, right? The, both those guys can can score and put up the stats, and it is helpful in its own right. But when push comes to shove in an NBA game, you need guys who are going to be standing in the right spot, making the right play for the team, not looking out for their own stats, and making the right passes and all those kind of things. And that's what you did have in Harkless and Aminu. Now, they didn't hit the shots they needed to hit, of course, and that's part of the reason why they're gone. And Aminu's just vanished off the face of the earth. He doesn't even play for Orlando anymore. He's just on the bench. He's that bad. But those kind of players are who you need to find and bring in, and you did not get that in guys like Bazemore and Hizonia and Tulliver. What you got were guys who had empty stats that that looked pretty on paper but didn't fit with with uh, the team system and the team culture. So... Obviously the draft helps, helps with that a little bit because you bring a guy in and you mold him to your culture before he has any mm-hmm. way to know what else is going on out there in the NBA, but B you got to do a better job. Like I've always thought it done a great job of scouting and stuff and, and knowing which players are good for the most part, but you got to do a better job of finding the guys who are more grinders than are more stat patterns, because those are the guys you'll win with. Cause you already have your stat patterns. You've got Lillard and you've got McCollum. Those are the guys that are going to be the guys who get all the stats, every single game. And then you just need guys who are going to f- fit in and do what they're they're supposed to do and not try to get their own stats And the same. Like, obviously they need to get their stats and their points and stuff because it helps them make money. But in a way that's more amenable to the team than what Whiteside and Melo do. And I love Melo and he's been good, but it's the same kind of thing.
1: No, and Melo, I love Carmelo. You know this Lynch, you know, Carmelo Anthony is one of my favorite, you know, ball players of of all time. Uh, that said, I've always understood is a black hole. And you know, still to this day, uh, he's not gonna give you a bunch of anything else. That's why you ever notice when Melo rebounds, he cusses. You ever notice that? No. You know I'm saying a real, yeah. Next time you watch the game, watch him because it's not to say he doesn't do it that often, but he's a dude that averages about six rebounds a game. You know, and for a six-nine guy, that's not a whole bunch, right? You know, you, you I mean, it's a lot. Don't get me wrong. Six rebounds. I think we kind of underestimate how much that actually is. But for somebody that's six foot nine and gets to the basket a lot, you would think they get more rebounds than they actually do. Yeah. Well, now Melo gets even less than that. You know what I'm saying? Because he's old. So it's 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 one of those things to where you're right. You've got all the scores. You've got Simons because he's a great scorer. You went and got uh, Ariza because he's a great perimeter shooter. You went and got Mello because he's a great scorer. Like, you've got great scoring, and we know that. The Blazers have always had one of the highest uh, scoring outputs in the league, you know, for the past few years. But you also have one of the... The, the highest um, opponent PBGs per per game too so it's one of those things like you're giving up a bunch of scoring and you're getting nothing nothing back there's no defensive presence there's no anything on the team so yeah you're right they gotta make some changes but it's so hard to figure that out who, who are these guys in the draft and who do, I don't know I don't have like I said Jesse would tell you since that question last week on U of O like I don't about college basketball, like I'm doing honestly. And if the Ducks were better, and if be, the beeves are better, I would probably feel different, and I'd probably watch a lot more. But the truth is, like I well, the Ducks are good; they're top twenty-five. But top twenty-five is is awesome. I'm, and I'm pulling for Peyton Pritchard because he's an he's an Oregon guy. He's a you know Westland, Portland-ish. to make So is uh, Anthony Mathis too? Yeah, so so I mean, clearly pulling for him. Same want the team. home want the hometown to do well. But at the same time, I'm not watching U of O basketball, or uh, college basketball at that.
3: Couple more texts before we go to break here. Uh, this is from one of our P1s, J Money. This is where the Blazers veterans step up and make the playoffs and have a chance to win, have to be in the playoffs to win, and injuries do happen, could catch a break. They were in the Western Conference Finals last year. That's true. That's very wishful thinking, though. That that's a text of a of a Blazer fan that just wants the playoffs no matter what. Right. And that's okay. You're allowed to be whatever kind of fan you want to be. But long-term success doesn't come from being the seven and eight seed every single year. You need to be able to realize when things are bad and wrong and make that decision to change it, not just sit there and go, Well, this is fine. This is fine. This is fine.
1: It's great for like a playoff streak like the Blazers had. You know, I think there was a stretch, there was 22 years, 26 years straight of being in the playoffs. Like that's something like that's impressive, you know, but you can limp into the playoffs and still keep something like that going. I think we're at the point now when you have a superstar like Damian Lillard, you, you don't want the eighth spot the eighth spot is not where, where you want to be. That's not where you want to work from, man. You need something like home court, especially considering that you don't have really a third option like that as far as scoring. Like, Melo is your he's your third option now, but to be real, like without Nurkic in the game, who's really your second option at that point without him in the game, it looks kind of bleak. And that's what I want people to remember, too. The Blazers are playing at nowhere near full, full strength. So that's why I'm like, man, this, this season, it's a wash, yeah, but – at the same time, I think there's you still You made some, some bad moves, th- but there were injuries. Yeah, and there there's still some there's still room to grow. Like Dame is what 26 now? Right around that, maybe 27. So he's still he's really just really just entering his prime and really just kind of maybe this might be the second year of his prime. He is twenty nine. Dame's twenty nine. Okay, well damn, that changes a lot of things now. So now it's man, if you're Olshay... You got to figure out a way to uh, gain some relationships with these other NBA players and figure out a way to make Portland a place to where they want to be. Because I, I will
3: say that Mello coming here is helpful in that sense probably a little bit. I don't know of how course. much, but it might. Melo's still a huge brand. Might help a little bit and help maybe. And again, in the offseason, this might not happen, but because you kept Whiteside too, maybe both guys are willing to come back, but on in bench Because could, could you imagine a bench with Melo as the sixth man? and Whiteside as your backup center, that would be so much better than than them needing to play 30 minutes a night. Yeah. Right? It would be way better because right now your bench is kind of a – it's kind of a black hole except for occasionally Trent or Simons goes gets hot. Um, that would allow you to have guys who are more impactful off the bench. I don't think they're going to go for that because those the, they don't seem like those kind of players, but that is an option for you
1: well, next th- year. Well, I think, you know, Whiteside really kind of positioned himself to go out and get some big money. Over the summer, I think that's probably what's going to end up happening. Like here, here's a guy who's uh, leading the league in rebounds and I believe leading the league in block shots or something like that, or uh, one of the league leaders in block shots. So, yeah, he's one of those guys that when this season is over and then Whiteside has actually shown at points that he can score. And while it might be ugly and that little nasty flip shot that he just kind of has, but it goes in. And so Whiteside is kind of, you know, positioned himself to get paid over the summer. Melo has actually done the same. But Melo's openly said, like, this is, you know, he wants to play in Portland. He would resign here. We'll see if that happens. You know what I'm saying? Life has options. And when you're playing as well as you as well as he has, and let's say the Lakers, the Clippers, or one of those teams, you know, that he has somebody close to actually, man, goes ahead and, and makes the run and makes the champ makes the uh and wins the championship. Well, we'd be crazy to think LeBron wouldn't say, Hey man, go over there and get Melo. Like I think we Mello can come over here for seven, eight million.
3: Yeah, it's possible, and that's what I'm saying. I think that's a that's a far fetched opportunity for that to happen if they were to come back, but it's a, there's still a small chance, you know. So there's a little hope, I suppose, in that sense.
1: And even if they don't, you still with Nurkic and Zach Collins, you're still in great position to be right. a really, really good team.
3: Right. All right, let's take a break. We are we are well over now. Uh, coming up next hour, Hater love it at ten thirty. We'll talk a little XFL as well as the Astros quote unquote apology. This is Sports Sunday on the Fan.